Good afternoon, uh, lead participants. I'm so happy that you came to our conference and I'm so overjoyed and honored to be able to speak with you and to meet with you today and share some tools that I have uh, as a leader and teacher and Montessori educator. So I want you to be thinking about you creating your leadership vision and mission first and foremost. So this can apply to you as a head of school, or to a teacher in a classroom. You still have a vision and a mission for your classroom. You have a vision and a mission for your school that you're sharing with your board members, your parents, your staff, uh, staff with each other. Okay, so it's really important that first and foremost, we're committed to a vision and a mission, and we're excited about this work of being Montessori educators, educators in general, or leaders of schools. All right, so the care profile, I think, is really, really helpful and really valuable uh, because it allows you to understand yourself, understand your constituents, work effectively with others, and invite and empower others to support your vision and your mission. All right, so I want to earn the right to be sharing all of this with you first. And that involves me introducing myself and my credentials. So my name is Sean Edwards. I've been in Montessori for over 30 years. I started at the Post Oak School as an assistant teacher, was actually sponsored to receive my elementary training. And then I loved teaching for over a decade, actually. I moved into an upper school director role at that school for a number of years, and then took my first head of school position, executive director position at Alcorn Montessori in Oak Park, Illinois in 2006. And I've been a head of school leader ever since. Um, so uh, as I was working with all of these adults instead of children, after a number of years, I realized that I wanted more tools. So I went and became a positive discipline trainer so that I could help staff implement positive discipline tools in their classroom for healthy Montessori aligned uh, classroom management skills. And then I also received a master's degree in transformational leadership and coaching, which was very powerful in terms of me feeling competent as a leader. So what I'm sharing with you today is a tool that I actually took from the Wright Graduate University from the realization of the human potential where I attended to receive my master's degree. Uh, the tool is actually called the care profile. So this is not actually about Maria Montessori's writings or, or her quotes or Maria Montessori's methodology specifically but rather how to support that. Okay, how do we love everything that Maria Montessori taught us, everything that Maria Montessori helped us to implement and do it well, and do it with the vision and the mission for our schools at the forefront of our, our minds, all right? Because we're all leaders, we're all passionate about Montessori. Executing that passion and bringing that to life is what's really, really important with the children, with the parents, with the board members, with the staff. So the care profile identifies individual constituents as cooperators, analyzers, regulators, and energizers. And we are obviously going to be talking more about that as we go. This tool was designed and invented by Dr. Robert Wright, who is actually the founder of the Wright Graduate University for the Realization of Human Potential. If you have a notebook and you're taking notes for, your, for this uh, workshop, there is the website, 
www.wrightgrad.edu. It'll take you to the university and give you a little feel uh, for the culture of the program. It's, I like to tell people that it's like Montessori for adults. I felt when I went to receive my master's in this program that I was unpacking myself, I was learning how to be all those things that Maria Montessori helped us to learn to do with children, such as reaching that third level of obedience, right? So now we're no longer at that first level of obedience where we're just being in the world, or that second level of obedience where we're just responding to expectations from society. But yet that third level of obedience where we're actually responding and making decisions out of a deep sense of value and integrity that we've internalized and that we want to honor and obey. Not for, for someone else, but for, uh, for, for us to honor who we are. All right, so I spent a few years doing that. I found it very valuable. And what I found most valuable about it was that I was now able to transformationally interact with my students and then my staff rather than transactionally implementing the tools and the methodology that Maria Montessori taught us. So I highly encourage you to consider looking into it. Not a sales pitch, just a personal share. All right, so you want to bring your school vision and mission to life with enthusiastic and engaged constituents, right? So whether it be your classroom again take this into your classroom if you want what is your school what is your classroom vision and mission or what is your school vision and mission how do you get everybody on and stay on and move that vision and that mission to actual reality and to fruition doesn't that sound wonderful well it all begins guess what with rapport and relationships all and communication communication is all about rapport and relationships so it's about our rapport and our relationships with parents, with administrators, with board members, of course. And I've, I've actually put this in red because the board members are really important because they're helping us carry out those strategic plans if you're working with the board. Also with staff and of course with students. You can work with anyone if you do enough work with this care profile. Use this uh, care profile to strengthen um, strong rapport among all constituents in your school. All right, what is rapport? I think we all know because we're all Montessorians and we have a good sense of what it means to be in rapport with our students, in rapport with our parents. But it is a close relationship characterized by harmony and agreement. So you don't want staff members who don't agree with your vision and mission uh, or who don't agree with the way that you lead. You don't want students to be angry and rebellious and resistant to their teachers. That's always going to happen, but the more that we can understand each other, the more we can move past that and create a culture in the classroom and a culture in the school that is harmonious and that is value, represents the value of every member there. All right, so to understand good rapport with people, we have to understand the differences or the barriers that exist between ourselves and others. So this, of course, starts with us whether you're a teacher or an administrator or a board member, this all starts with you. Okay, do you understand who you are? Now, how do you, if you're not getting along with somebody else, do you expect them to change? Well, you can. What's most effective is if you shift the way in which you interact with that person so that you can get the response that you want while also empowering that person to be the best person he or she can be. 
All right, now, now that you've learned how to overcome barriers, which you will through this presentation, you can rock your team and rock your school and bring alive that vision and that mission. Yay. All right. So I'm going to share with you this hyperlink because the care profile assessment is actually an effective tool for measuring and strengthening report. And it actually can be something that you use all year long or ongoing with your staff because there's this beautiful little book that Dr. Bob Wright has written. It's called the care profile. It has everything in these pages that you need to know about assessment um, and getting along with other people. And also there's some wonderful activities in here that you can engage your staff in, your board members in. Upper elementary and middle school can definitely do this. So it's a, it's a really healthy and uh, worthwhile and impactful tool. So let me open up this hyperlink. And I will share it. screen so you can see it okay so this is uh, a little bit of information about dr bob wright and discovering your personal vision again not not a sales pitch but i just wanted to bring this up because da 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 there it is when you open up this hyperlink you get the care profile mini questionnaire so this will give you uh through some a few questions rather than the lengthy one that's in here which I encourage you to, to do as well. But you can take this quiz and get a sense of whether you're a cooperator, an analyzer, a regulator, or an energizer. All right, so I will give you just a minute to copy down that link. While I share the PowerPoint screen yet again. Okay, here we are. So I encourage you to, to take that little test after you uh, finish this meeting. And then you'll also have some skills after this webinar to be able to determine or have some thoughts about uh, which profile characteristic other, people's, other people have that are close to you. All right, the full care profile book I've shared with you um, here visually. There's the link to that. It's uh, on Amazon. You can just Google the Care Profile book by Dr. Bob Bright, and it'll come up on Amazon. It's very inexpensive, and it's easy enough to be able to talk through it without having every single member of your community have the book. All right, so now let's get into the meat of the subject matter, the Care Profile. Understand yourself and understand others who on your team, whether it be your students, your staff, your board members, your parents, too, or a big important constituent, who within those groups are cooperators, analyzers, regulators, and energizers? And what are their assets and liabilities? A lot of this, the focus of this presentation is on understanding the strengths that everybody in our community has so that we can empower those strengths and put them in roles where they can be successful. They feel good, they feel capable, they feel valuable, they feel powerful, they feel belonging and significance, and they're contributing 100% and with enthusiasm to your vision and your mission. All 
right. So sorry about that. I skipped a slide. Yes, they are all valuable. Everybody has value. Empower each one of them by recognizing and honoring their strengths and then assigning roles accordingly. So let's start. All right. Who are our cooperators? They have assets and they have liabilities. So it's probably common sense to realize that a cooperator is a people person is responsive to other people's needs, is loyal and creative, is a team player, is empowering, is a good listener, maintains commitments, yet has some difficulty saying no, so they can get walked on a little bit. And then they may be resentful about that. Um, they're interested more in relationships than they are actually the outcome or the task of your mission or your strategic goal. They can be neglectful of self, and they do require some external direction to get things done. So we, we were talking about Maria Montessori's three levels of obedience. And along with that, I think of Julianne um, Ruder's psychology and research on internal and external locus of control. As we help children develop that third level of obedience, what we're really doing is feeding and helping them to develop that internal locus of control whereby they are making decision, judgment and decisions out of a deep sense of integrity and self-worth and values rather than what's expected of them from the outside. So cooperators have a little bit more uh, difficult time with this because they want to please, and they want to be liked and they want um, everybody to be happy. Um, along with that, they can have some difficulties adhering to deadlines. They need some external approval for successes and accomplishments that they have. Their, their decisions can be made uh, through emotions rather than a combination of thought and emotion. Um, and they like to give advice and to fix people rather than empower them. All right, so again, none of these things are bad, but with each one of these profiles comes some assets and some liabilities. We don't wanna strengthen, we don't wanna focus on the liabilities. Sure, there is value in all of us cooperators analyzers, regulators, and energizers working on these liabilities to move them over to the asset column. What is more effective, however, is to really bring to light uh, each person's assets and give them work and put them in roles where they can be successful because of their assets. All right, so here's our analyzers. Well, analyzers, that, gee, that word, you know, kind of speaks for itself, right? Analyzers are problem solvers. They're very precise and correct and detail-oriented. They understand rules and they follow them. Uh, they're planners and they're goal setters and they're also very diligent workers and they have very high work ethics. So they can spend their liabilities, can't spend too much time gathering facts before making a decision and then all of a sudden people stop caring about whatever that decision was because it hasn't been made yet. They can be hesitant to move forward and maybe a little push. Uh, they're reserved and introverted normally, and they can hyper-focus and get caught up in a task and then get overwhelmed and forget about the other work. They're not great multitaskers, these guys. All right, regulators. So this is what I normally am when I take my test, uh, just to be a little vulnerable with you. So regular regulators um, are also goal-oriented and they're very decisive. They're very strong supervisors and leaders. Um, they're very confident and productive and competent. And they're also very competitive. Um, 
but they can lack empathy when they're talking about a strategic goal or a strategic initiative or something that they uh, a project everybody's working on they can lack empathy because they want to get to that final um, you know that final vision they want that vision to come to fruition uh, they can be bossy and cold and even controlling and rigid and inflexible and they get kind of superior under stress um, and not attentive to other, attentive or even aware of how other people are feeling sometimes. Um, they also avoid delegating because they want to make sure things get done and in the time frame in which they want it done and with the quality in which they want it done. I've gotten much better about that. All right, energizers. So energizers also have lots of assets. They're super inspiring and charming. They're super inner, uh, enthusiastic and energetic and motivating. They're very creative and expressive. They're also very confident. You know, they're your social butterflies and they have very great social skills. People like them. All right, so what are their liabilities? And this first liability, I think, can also be an asset. They like to be the center of attention. They like all eyes on them. They don't have great self-discipline. Uh, they can lack good follow-through. Forget about commitments and promises. They can be sarcastic and unkind, but that's usually unintentional. And they can make excuses for the reasons why things didn't get done. And so what all of these things invite certain reactions from people. For example, uh, when people forget about their commitments and promises and make excuses, we start to lack trust that they're actually going to go follow through. So we can put them in roles where they're actually inspiring and charming and, and, and uh, energizing and getting people motivated to stay on board rather than expecting them to complete a deadline. Okay, so more understanding about this. There are similarities and differences between these different profiles. And one of the important, it really goes into depth in this book. So I would encourage you to kind of read it, read it with your staff, make it kind of a, a theme for the year of really digging into this and understanding yourself and each other. And then there's at these great workshops where you can look at different scenarios and work them out now that you know a little bit more about yourself and others. But what uh, this slide is showing us is that cooperators and energizers tend to be people that feel heavily, where analyzers and regulators tend to be people who are thinkers rather than feelers. So they think before they feel, or cooperators and energizers feel before they think. Our cooperators and our analyzers, you'll notice, are also more passive, okay? So they're, you know, when they get stressed out, they tend to, uh, you know, revert back where our energizers and our regulators get a little assertive. All right, so now let's look at our feelers. Cooperators and energizers are both feelers. All right, what do they share in common? They share concern for feelings and people. They both have that. Cooperators and energizers love people, they are concerned for people. And they differ because cooperators are slower and really loyal. Energizers move very quickly and tend to leave others behind and also uh, make cooperators feel um, incompetent and not quick enough, so they kind of retreat. Um, <clears throat> and cooperators, um, energizers also show more enthusiasm and they need more attention. They like lots of lots of attention. Well, cooper cooperators are willing to just kind of go along 
energizers will go along, but they need to be the loudest show and the loudest voice in the room. Again, these things are not bad. Just awareness is important. All right, regulators and energizers are both assertive. Okay, so now we are looking at the feelers and we're looking at our assertive people, right? So while um, cooperators you're gonna realize are, are passive. Oops, sorry about that. Regulators um, and energizers are assertive. So up above you have your cooperator and your energizer. So you, we now know that our energizer feeler, but also assertive. Um, and his assertive partner is the regulator. All right, so what do these regulators and energizers who are both assertive share in common? Concern for change, right? They like to act, they actually are not afraid of change. They're okay with change and stirring things up and doing new things, making new plans, um, action and competition. So they're competitive, they like to move forward, they like to get things done, and they, uh, they share a concern for change. Regulators are more rigid and focus on tasks where energizers care more about people and relationships and have less interest in the deadline adherence and follow through. Okay, so uh, we can look at these um, shared qualities and these differences and understand kind of maybe where they get along really well. Um, so they get excited about change, right? Oh, we're gonna create this new initiative. We're changing our logo of our school. All right, so you might want to put uh, the regulator in charge of moving the initiative forward to get it done, where you put the energizer in charge of getting the team excited about the initiative. So this is where I'm going with this. Let's recognize the value of every member of our team and put them in the right place. Okay, now analyzing analyzers and regulators are both thinkers before they're feelers. Okay, so they think before they feel. They're not going to notice, uh, you know, every facial expression and start making emotional decisions. They're going to think about what's the best thing to do and move forward in that capacity. All right, and they share a concern for task, time, and structure. They like to know that there's things to get done, and they like to know what their um, what the expectations and the standards are, the systems and routines in your schools. They like to know what the time, the deadlines are, and they want to know what the structure is in place for them to be able to get it done. Now, how do they differ? So analyzers care more about safety and security and precision and detail, and they can be better listeners because regulators take control, they like to change and move things up, and they are more visual, visionary than they are detail-oriented. So again, if you're starting a new initiative, you can see uh, who your thinkers are, right? Who's going to, the analyzer is going to make the plan and the regulator is going to implement the plan. All right, and then we have our cooperator and our analyzer who are both passive. So uh, cooperators and analyzers are both, both passive. That's why the analyzer is creating the plan and the regulators implementing the plan. So doesn't this sound beautiful? Now if you know who's in your classroom, or if you know who um, your your staff is, or if you know who your board members are, wow, you're giving them these roles that they feel super comfortable in and that they can do readily. Um, you know, they don't feel like they have to be extroverted if they're introverted and vice versa. It's a, it's a beautiful model for being able to work effectively with anybody and get things done in a harmonious, uh, positive way. All right, so cooperators and analyzers are both passive and they share a concern for patient security and listening, and they differ because analyzers uh, care about facts, figures, and deadlines, 
where cooperators care about feelings, relationships, and unfocused conversations. Okay, so cooperators are, you know, they just like to chit chat and, um, you know, to be with people and to have a good time. But the analyzers want to know what the facts and the figures and the deadlines are and making sure that everybody adheres to them. So your warm and fuzzy cooperator gets everybody excited about the initiative and your analyzer um, makes sure that people are getting, uh, the right people are getting the right pieces of it completed so that the whole project moves forward. All right, so recognizing the value, we already talked about this. What value does each of these profiles bring to your organization, whether it be your students, parents, staff, or board members? What is each member's value to the community and to the organization? Cooperate, cooperators. Okay, so when, now when you take this quiz with your staff, your board member, your students, your cooperators are the ones that are going to boost campus morale, care for others, throw good parties. Okay, they're the ones that are going to participate in your class meetings and your staff meetings. Um, in a way that is positive and upbeat and uplifting for all involved. Your analyzers are going to make sure that plans are solid and numbers are crunched and vet all components of the plan so that the plan seems solid, it seems attainable, and then your regulators are going to direct the plans and make sure it happens, right? Because they're going to be leading small groups to get different pieces of the project done and your energizers are going to sell the plan and instill enthusiasm in everybody, right? So it's really important that every one of your constituents be on board with these plans as much as possible. And if you can reach out to them, understanding their profile and honoring their profile, you're much more likely to get them on board and to have a harmonious team of people working uh, towards one goal. All right, so now that we know that, and I know I'm rushing through this, I also know that you're going to take the time to take that quiz that I shared with you and also read the book so that you can understand this a little bit more. We know that some people are cooperators, some are analyzers, some are regulators, some are energizers. Um, so now I want to also share with you that as you work more with this model, you can learn to read and identify other people without them taking any kind of quiz or assessment. Uh, but you want to learn to read and identify people so you can work with them more effectively lean on their strengths and have your school vision and mission flowing seamlessly through your organization. Doesn't that sound lovely? Isn't that what we all want? Low drama. We want uh, low drama comes from everybody feeling capable, valuable, and powerful, right? And feeling like they belong and that they're significant. So let's put them in roles where they can actually obtain those feelings. And then what are their thoughts? I'm going to support this vision and mission because I'm being valued here. All right, so how do we identify cooperators, analyzers, regulators, and, and energize? We can do so by observing their behavior, number one. Two things, observing their behavior and listening to their speech. Okay, this is where it can get a little bit confusing. All right, so here, uh, these are cooperators and analyzers. Uh, they're both passive, one's a feeler, one's a thinker. All right, they, they both tend to you know retreat a little bit. They're not super aggressive or assertive. They're more calm and more kind of in the background, uh, but one's a feeler and one's a thinker. All right, so what kind of behaviors do we see from these people? So um, the cooperator, when he or she is greeting you, will smile and make eye contact, be warm, approachable, and a hugger. Wear neutral clothing, stylish, but kind of low-key, because remember they're passive. 
um, a good job for these people is social worker, nurse, or teacher. And the hair, basic yet stylish cut. Okay, so they don't like to draw, draw a whole lot of attention to themselves, but they want to cooperate with people. So they're neutral in their clothing. Uh, they love everybody. They're feeling people. All right, the thinking analyzer, who is also passive, has a controlled smile, waits for you to make the first move, with, uh, withdraws hands quickly, and doesn't always make good eye contact. Um, is a functional dresser, not so much concerned with appearance or fashion. Um, they're really good with engineering, accounting, and computer programming, and we need these people in our schools, right? We need business managers. Uh, we need uh, middle school science teachers and middle school math teachers. Um, and we need, uh, oh, and they have a functional cut, right? So they're not all about the glam and the glitz and the style. They're more about function and, and result and product. Uh, so I was saying, Yes, we need people who are engineer types and accounting types and computer programmer types um, in our administration, on our board for sure, in our middle school programs. And so I wanted to mention that because I said middle school, you, you want to make sure that if you have operators and analyzers in your middle school program that you, you, know, that you also have um, regulators and energizers because that balances everything out. The students are going to need all of that. They need the emotional, um, soft, soft touch, and then they also need kind of people holding accountable to deadlines. Both are really great. All right. So the speech characteristics of cooperators and analyzers. So the cooperator who's feeling and passive talks a lot about feeling and love and he or she or you. Their volume is typically low and slow and methodical and mushy and warm. Um, and they're, they're very warm and caring with their tone. They're not abrupt. They're uh, very inviting with their tone. The analyzer who's thinking and passive talks a lot about thinking and liking. Well, I don't like that. I like this. And I think, I think, I know, I don't know. Um, their volume is also low because they're passive. They speak rather slowly and methodically as well because they're passive, but their tone is more flat and monotone because they're very factual in their orientation. They're very practical in their orientation. All right, behaviors of regulators and energizers. All right, these are sort of folk, but the regulator's a thinker where the energizer's a feeler. So when you come upon a regulator, you may see, see that uh, this person has a reserved smile, makes eye contact, has a firm handshake, stiffens when others get too close. Okay, so because they don't, you know, they're, they're thinkers, not feelers, so they're not as warm and, and mushy maybe as a cooperator, for example. They're dressed, they choose quality clothing and they dress very conservatively and rather fashionably. Um, they can be great supervisors, lawyers, executives, and, and doctors. And again, we need these people in our administration. We need these people on our board. We may, need, may even need them in our staff, even if they're Montessori teachers. On um, their hair, they like to wear an attractive style because they do like to look good and present themselves well. All right, so the feeling energizer, who is also assertive, has a broad, expressive smile. Of course, they're the party, you know, people very enthusiastic, very alive. They're very expressive and colorful and dynamic and fashionable with their clothing. Um, they make good sales consultants. They're good speakers. They're politicians. And they wear very creative kind of edgy styles. Right? They like to be noticed. They want to they have attention, so they're going to be a little bit more edgy or glamorous. 
All right, so the speech characteristics of these people who are both, I guess, both again, I'm sorry, assertive, one a thinker, one a feeler. All right, so your regulator is, I want, I think I need, and you did, you didn't do. They're loud, right, and a little bit more obnoxious. They speak pretty fast. You can tell by I'm kind of a regulator. I've been speaking pretty fast in this presentation. And it's not so much because I'm nervous, but more because I'm excited. Um, and their tone is very firm and commanding and, and sometimes engaging. All right, the feeling energizer was also assertive. Uh, talks about the greatest and the best and outstanding. They're very loud. They also speak fast and they're very excitable, right? They get people excited and they're making people laugh all the time. They're funny, they're witty, they're charming. The life of the party. We all know them. All right, so building rapport with all of your constituents, identify their style and shift yours accordingly. Focus on their values, not your needs. Your vision and mission, yes, but not your needs. Their values and their, how they're going to help you fulfill that vision and mission. And then assign them roles well, they, where they will be successful and they will forever be on your boat. All right, for example, if you're working with a cooperator, you may want to speak with a lower voice and a little bit slower and have a tone that's concerned, right? Because they're very, you know, they're very, very big humanitarians. They're very concerned about the human condition. They want to be liked. So you want to express a concerned tone. This goes back to not everybody can be treated the same, right? We can expect the best from everybody, every student, every staff member, every board member, and of course ourselves, but we can't treat everybody the same because it doesn't work. We're not all the same. So we wanna have a lower voice with these people. We wanna talk a little bit slower. We wanna have a tone of concern. And remember to use words like, I'm sorry, I forgot to charge you for that dessert. If you were a waitress, uh, as soon as you start saying, I'm sorry, I forgot, they have empathy for you and you've got, you've got them hooked. Your analyzer, again, passive, you want to have a lower uh, tone of, or volume of uh, voice modulation because High-pitched, loud people are not, they're not attracted to that. Have a slower speed. Be very calculated and precise when you speak to these people. Excuse me, I think I made a mistake on your bill. Okay, so you want to make sure that you're stating the facts and then following through with what you're going to do about it. And that's all they want to know. Okay, regulators are... Um, assertive, right? So you can talk to them with a high volume of voice and you can talk faster because that keeps, uh, you know, if you don't speak to the speed at which their brain moves, then you lose them. Um, you want to be very straightforward and direct, right? A straight shooter, I think is what I've heard other people say about that. Yeah, you want to be straightforward and direct with these people. I made an error. Here's the actual amount that you owe on your bill. All right, so you're, st you're, you're straightforward, you're factual, and then you move towards the boundary. And then your energizer, of course, they're assertive um, and feelers. They're assertive feelers. So you can have a high, um, you know, high volume of voice and you can speak fast with them as well because they're moving really fast in their brains and their bodies and in everything they do. Your tone can be really upbeat and you can throw some humor in there, maybe even a little sarcasm if it's appropriate, not with the children, but maybe with the adults. And oh my gosh, I was enjoying talking to you so much that I forgot to add the dessert to your bill. I'll be right back. So you meet them 
with their charm. Meet their charm with your charm. So in summary, you can't change other people, but you can shift how you approach them and work with them so you're bringing out the best in them, right? When you're bringing out the best in other people, you're also building yourself up and gaining tools and learning how, how to work effectively with all types of people. Understand, oh, and authentically, not inauthentically. So understand who they are, understand how, who you are. When there are challenges, why are there challenges? What are those barriers about and how are you going to fix them? Okay, what do you know about this person? What do you know about yourself? And what can you do to help the, the relationship uh, be more productive uh, and more harmonious and more respectful? So this is a big one too for teachers in the classroom. So if you're a leader of a school or if you're a teacher, all teachers want to be able to do this with their parents, all right? There's always a parent in the classroom who maybe feels a little bit unsatisfied about something or upset about something. So the teachers need tools, okay? Staff need tools to be able to do this with one another because they're going to they're, they're going to run into differences of agreement with, with one another, maybe in, within department or within the school as a whole. Leaders and administrators are going to have difficulties with cer certain staff members and teachers are going to have uh, difficulties with students, and students are gonna have difficulties with each other. So understanding kind of, oh, this is why, this person's strengths are here, this person's strengths are here, here are the barriers that are a result of that. Now I can coach, I can coach the students on how to get along with each other better. I can coach my two teachers that are not getting along how to, to see each other uh, for you know authentically for who one another are and help build strength of relationship rather than separation I can coach my teachers on how to work more effectively with those parents I can coach myself on how to work more effectively with those board members and I can influence board members to be more productive at board meetings uh, rather than um, you know getting stuck in a with a barrier of disagreement so now knowing all of this, strategize your team so you can execute your vision and mission by giving people roles that align with their strengths, right? Let's not hyper-focus on where they're not strong and ask them to you know, develop those skills in their performance evaluation at the end of the year. Uh, you could do some of that, uh, but let's really focus on their strengths because that's where people are gonna shine. They continue to build on their strengths and who they are because everybody has value and everybody's role can be super important super impactful in the life of your school and your work don't keep it the secret all right so make make this part of your professional development program let's let's read this as a staff let's dig into this you know once a month and let's look at a new chapter and there are like I said before great activities at the back that are going to help you um, to well staff members to actually write down situations that have been uncomfortable for them and then to go through the motions of understanding self, understanding another person, and then resolving and moving forward with new skills, which is really, really exciting. They can do the same with, with you know, understanding their students um, and all the other constituents we've talked about. All right, be able to identify profiles of other people so that you can understand what's going on with them and how to reach them more effectively and how to invite cooperation, right, instead of rebellion or resistance or shutdown or even revenge. Um, this helps everyone understand classroom dynamics as well as parent dynamics and supports rapport with all constituents.
All right, so in closing, I can't help you. If you have questions, please call me, 713-824-0530, or re uh, reach out to me at this email address, seanedwards at laporteschools.com. Please know that uh, Toolhouse is my consulting business on the side. Um, so I've, I've done a lot of work um, doing presentations, seminars, certification work. I can facilitate a workshop, consult, and I can provide mentoring or coaching privately for staff and also parents. Um, and there's my website there. So I wanna thank you all for attending today and joining me. I had a whole lot of fun. And I hope you did too. So I hope to hear from you soon and go use your care profile.